Hey, everybody, this is Robbie Robinson with Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, and you are listening, my friends, to the Robert Miller Follow Your Dream podcast. Oh, what a podcast. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed at your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream podcast. I am Robert Miller, your host. My guest today is Sarah Nimitz. Her accomplishments are off the chart. She's a singer, a Broadway actress. She's done vocal sessions, touring, movies, Disney. What hasn't she done? Her YouTube channel has over 25 million views. She's sung with people like BJ Thomas and Richard Mark. She's been on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And in her spare time, I got to find out if this is true. I understand that she sings in Chinese. And you know what? She's only 29 years old. That's the most ridiculous part of the whole thing. My featured song in this episode, and I always feature one of my songs underneath the introduction and at the end, is a song called Another One Like You from my album Summer of Love 2020, which was my first solo album, and it was recorded remotely during the pandemic. One of the, Sarah's hallmarks is doing cover tunes on YouTube of some great iconic songs. And my song, Another One Like You, relates to one of the songs that we're going to play that she did a cover of. And I'll wait until the second half of this uh, podcast until we talk about why that is. But I love doing these song fests with my guests. It's so much fun. We play songs, we listen to them, we talk about them, we have fun. And nobody else does this kind of stuff on podcasts. So Sarah Nimitz, welcome to the Hello. Follow Your Dream podcast. Thank you for having me. I'll tell you, you are you're like the it girl. I mean, this what don't you do? <laughs> oh, you are you are too kind. I, I'm a terrible cook. Is that so terrible? Yeah. I, okay. I can I can barely make soup. Well maybe you can like look up some Chinese recipes and <laughs> yeah, maybe and maybe. you can do that. That sounds good. I always like to ask my guests, what was your dream when you were young? When you were a little girl, what did you want to do? My earliest dream that I can remember was being a musician. I mean, I went to my first concert when I was four years old, and I was just so captured by live music and and the thought that I could do that, that I could be on a stage and sing for people. So musician has been my dream for as long as I can remember. Now, was that your family? Were they musicians or not? They are people that love music, but not professional musicians. But my dad played in rock bands in Chicago, and my mom plays accordion. So I definitely grew up in a home that loved and, and really valued music. But they had other jobs that you know they did as their, their main occupation. I can relate to that. Did your mother play Lady of Spain on the accordion? Thank you. 
I think she did. I think she did. She started when she was really young. She started playing at five, and and yeah, she was this wunderkind. Uh, she's you know, it's interesting how some instruments kind of made their way into a kind of rock and roll music. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Bruce, um, oh dear, what's his last name? He plays the accordion as well, the keyboard player. Hornsby um, or Bruce Hornsby, right? He's an he plays accordion. accordion? Player. I didn't yeah, know yeah, yeah. that. I mean, that's it's one of the great things to hear him play accordion. I love it. You don't hear accordion enough nowadays. It's you kind don't. of an instrument that is not as popular. And I had Mark Farner from Grand Funk Railroad on the podcast not too long ago, and he told me he started on sousaphone. Really? I said, wow. Well, good thing he switched. I mean, you know, I'm sure he was great. (laughs) There's not too many rock sousaphonists anymore. (laughs) No, 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 I don't think so. All right. So what does your father play? Was he like in a top 40 band, that kind of thing? He did rock stuff. So he was a, a vocalist and I kind of got my love of harmonies from him. Uh, just someone who just loved great melodic rock music. So I never got to see him live. Uh, he played kind of more before I was born. But yeah, all the all the great Chicago rock kind of stuff, Ides of March and all that. That's great. That's funny that you mentioned the Ides of March because I had Jim Peterick, who was wow. uh, from the Ides of March on the podcast as well. And he's still going strong. I mean, you know, that's so seventies. He's out there. He's touring with the Ides of March. You know, he used to be with Survivor as well. Right, right. Well, I mean, when you're that talented, I I don't think you would ever want to retire when you're that talented and it's just in your in your heart and you love it. All right. So speak about your talent. I mean, you've been doing so many things. You're still very young. I'm sorry, I'm going to say that, but oh, I'll you are take very it young. for as long as I can. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> What's your favorite thing? What do you like to do the best? Wow. Uh, Music related or just kind of in general? Well, you tell me. Uh, My favorite thing kind of changes over time. It's always it's always live performance. That's kind of always at the forefront forefront for me. But, you know, in the last year, I've been getting really into video editing and kind of integrating that with songwriting, especially in, you know, these covid times where we haven't been able to perform live as much. I like using video to tell a story. So are you doing the editing yourself or are you directing people or what? Yeah, I got, you know, when I was younger, I used to make little films with my friends like a lot of kids do. But during COVID and the lockdown, I kind of got really into video editing and and Final Cut. And I've just kept with it. I, I love it. And green screen and... All of that. I'm a huge fan of that technology. All right, good. I got to hire you because that's something I don't do. I mean, I started this podcast in the middle of the pandemic because Mm -hmm. the same reason, you know, I couldn't be out there playing and I needed to do something and I didn't want to drive everybody in my family crazy. So I started a podcast Um, and it's been a wonderful way to keep in touch and to get in to, to meet people like you and all the others that I've met on this podcast. Just wonderful. It really is. There's such a good network of musicians out there, and it seems like you've really tapped into that. Yeah, they're, you know, musicians are great. It's a relatively small community, and everybody knows everybody else. And one of the things that I do, and I'm going to do this with you as well, is I ask all of my guests afterwards, who would you recommend? Who would you refer as a guest? Because I want to keep the level as high as possible. And so everybody is so great. They give me such wonderful names, people that I probably would not have been able to meet otherwise. But now not only are they on the podcast, but they become friends as well, which is great. That's great. It is. You're right. It's such a small world. And I've definitely got 
names popping in my mind. So I'll. All right. Write them down. Make sure you don't forget them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I know you do a lot of stuff on YouTube, which is great. When did you, you started doing the YouTube stuff, like the covers on YouTube a long time ago, didn't you? I did. It was way back in the early days of YouTube. I had this series called the living room series where I would just record in my parents' living room. And this was, oh my goodness, this was probably 15-ish years ago that I oh started, maybe a little bit longer. And just started then really kind of going person by person and reading each person's comments, responding to them. And kind of like you said, you know, it's amazing how you can form this community online. And I've just kept at it over the years. I did a lot of covers online with my friend Snuffy Walden, uh, playing guitar, and then with Postmodern Jukebox, did a bunch of different covers and It's just fun to reimagine some of these great songs. Bingo. That's exactly the word that I use all the time. Because, you know, look, I'm from a little bit of a different era. I'm kind of the British invasion era. Okay. Every one of my band's albums, I have reimagined a great iconic hit from that era. And that's kind of where I've kind of put my flag in the ground, so to speak. But what I like about what you do is you go all over the place in your covers. And I think that's really neat. And your voice is so magnificent that you can you can get these things and and put them across the way that you should. Thanks. So how did you you know, what's what's your era? If if you had to pick an era in music, what do you like the best? Oh, wow. It's so it's so hard. But I would have to go for the late 60s into the you know mid 70s. I loved all the singer songwriters, you know, the earlier ones, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, uh going a little bit later, Carole King. Uh so I love all those great songwriters. Uh Paul Simon is my favorite writer of all time. Susan, and I I knew that you were that smart, okay? Because <laughs> Paul Simon, you know, he doesn't get the respect sometimes with the younger generation that he should, but he's a magnificent songwriter. Absolutely magnificent and so literary. I mean, I'm just, I've read books on interviews with him and I found it interesting that he says he feels the most important thing in songwriting is the beat. And then that's what really captures people's attention. But really, to me, I mean, it's funny coming from someone whose lyrics are such high art. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just such a fan of his, his rhyme schemes, his melodies. He's he's kind of the greatest American songwriter, I would say. That's just my opinion. Well, I'm right there with you. I think that guys like him and James Taylor, and oh, yeah. even, you know, Billy Joel, they, they write, as you said, not only great melodies, but the, the lyrics are wonderful in their songs. So wonderful. And there's always more to be discovered. I find the way... I listen to Paul Simon now versus the way I listened to him 10 years ago has changed so much. Like when you go back and and read a great work of literature, you know, your experience has changed and you interpret it differently. Okay. What's your top three Paul Simon songs? Woo. Okay. I'm going to say still crazy after all these years has still got to be my favorite. I love um, hearts and bones. I just love the lyrics in that song. And then I'll go for Diamonds on the soles of her shoes. <laughs> Number three. Yeah. You can almost pick anything that he's written. You really yeah. Can. I'd be hard pressed to find a bad one. Hey, everybody. My Follow Your Dream handbook is an Amazon number one bestseller. It's a combination memoir of my unique musical journey and a step by step how to 
for you to follow and succeed at your dream. It's available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. Check it out today. Now, when you look for a song to cover, do you think first about the music or about the lyrics? Ooh. You know, it's it's weird. I don't find myself thinking about anything in particular. It's just a general impression that washes over me. So I have to think it's kind of a combination of the two of those things. So you, you just, you know, you're in love with the song and you just decide that's the song you want to do? Yeah, there's just something about it that speaks to me. I'm I'm not very analytical when it comes to that. It's kind of just the general impression. Sometimes you listen to a song and something just tells you, I want to interpret this. That's usually how it works for me. But sometimes there'll be a song where the melody is just so captivating, I'll gravitate toward that. Or the lyrics are so stupendous, maybe I'll go there. But usually it's just more of a general feeling. Okay, so I, I want to move to that second part of our discussion, which is the song fest, because I want to dwell for a moment on the first song that we're going to do. Okay. One of my favorite songs of all time is something that you did a cover of. And I was surprised to find it just because not that many people have done covers of this song. It's I'll Never Find Another You by The Seekers. There's a new world somewhere They call the promised land And I'll be there someday If you will hold my hand I still need you there beside me No matter what I do For I know I'll never find another you And, you know, this was a gigantic hit, I'd say around 1965. This was a band from Australia. They weren't really a rock band. You know, I see you've got an upright bass behind you. That mm-hmm. Their bass player was playing upright bass. Right. Um, they had two acoustic guitar players. And they had this woman, Judith Durham, who was their singer. And she Beautiful had an voice. exquisite voice. Yes. But the song itself, I think, is one of the most beautiful songs ever written. It really is. It's it's a beautiful song. And I'm sad to say I hadn't heard it until a couple months before recording that video. I'd never heard it before. Really? Yeah. So how did my, you find it? My friend who's playing piano in that, a guy called Scott Bradley, his father, who has passed now, was pretty ill at the time with cancer. And he wanted to record 
a CD for his dad of some of his dad's favorite songs. And this was one of his dad's favorites. So he called together a bunch of friends and we all sang different songs that his dad loved just to try to cheer him up and, uh-huh. and root for him. And, oh, isn't that nice? And it was, that, it was through that that I got to hear it. It's a wonderful, wonderful song. If you, if you really think about the lyrics of that song, they're, mm. they're just wonderful lyrics. They are, and they're, they're so earnest in a way that you don't hear so much anymore in, in pop music. If they gave me a fortune, my pleasure would be small. Lose it all tomorrow and never, never mind, at all. mind at all. But if I should lose your love, dear, I don't know what I'd do. For I know I'll never find another you. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It That's almost our first takes you back together. another time. <laughs> yeah. I think we should take this on the road. <laughs> so I was saying that I picked the song to do, uh, to, to feature one of my songs as, you know, as the song for this episode. And I wrote a song, as I said, a year ago during the pandemic called Another One Like You. Mm. And when I wrote it, I was thinking of, I will, I'll never find another you. Okay, I was going to ask, was that an inspiration? Totally. It was a mashup in my mind between I'll never find another you and I will by the beat. Oh, that is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I was going to say, if you haven't done a cover of I Will, you I really have. should. You I, did. I would say I will, but no, <laughs> I, I have. <laughs> that is definitely tied for favorite Beatles song in my in my world and one of the just greatest love songs ever completely i totally agree with you about that so anyway you know as soon as i knew that you did this cover of i'll never find another you i said i know exactly the song that i want to feature as the song in this episode so that worked out great and we're playing it now underneath our discussion oh. here so it's it's such a lovely lovely song and again i don't know why there haven't been more covers of this song but you know what maybe yeah. now because this podcast goes all over the world you never know you never know yeah i wonder why it's kind of one of those songs that it was a hit wasn't it i mean it charted it was a big hit but you know you, you can't tell you know, yesterday was covered by three million artists, okay? And this one was, was not covered, it's covered by, by three. <laughs> Sarah Nimitz being the most important one. Okay, so I want to go to the second song that you put forward here, which is Made to Last, which was a little bit different for you. It was kind of a rock type of thing, I felt. Tell me a little bit about that. Made to Last started, I was listening to a lot of Otis at the time, which is not the feel that the finished song has at all. 
But I uh, was just listening to his music. I'm such a fan of his. And I sat down with an acoustic guitar and kind of started playing an almost Otis kind of boom, dum, 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 dum. It was much slower and kind of singing along and some fragments of words came into my mind and then I finessed it and I brought it into the studio with my friend Snuffy and we added electric guitar to it. He's such a great electric rock, soulful, soulful player. So it, it took on more of that timbre and then we wrote the bridge together and uh, I released it on an album about three years ago. And then right before the pandemic, when I recorded my live album, we did a live version of it, which I'm assuming that's probably the version that you're, you're playing, that you're talking about. So tell me about your relationship with Snuffy. He is a great guitarist. He and is. obviously you and he get along great and you sound great together. So how did that come about? So Snuffy is, for those of your audience listening that might not be familiar with his work, he is an incredible composer, won the Emmy for the West Wing, and started out as a rock and roll guitarist, but kind of transitioned into a career in film and television scoring. And we connected on the set of a TV show that I was guest starring on. And the role involved some singing, so I went to his studio to record the pre-record. And that was about 17 years ago that we met for the first time. And we, you know, I, I got a copy of his record, he signed it, and I had his email address. And then about six years later, I was watching the show Friday Night Lights that he did the score for. And I saw his name come up in the credits and I went, wow, that's the same Snuffy. I mean, there's not a whole bunch of Snuffies <laughs> running around. So that's, that's the same Snuffy. So I, I sent him an email because I still had his email from all those years before and, and reached out and sent him, you know, a video of mine from that time. And we reconnected and uh, he was my mentor for about 11, 12 years. Fantastic. Now say his whole name for anybody that doesn't know it. Yep, W.G. Snuffy Walden. Okay, what what does the W.G. stand for? Do we know that? His, yeah, his name is William Garrett Walden. That was his, his given name. And then, I'm trying to remember the whole story. Um, Garrett and Sons or something was a, a large manufacturer of tobacco in the area where he grew up in the South. So he was given the nickname Snuffy as a kid. So he kind of just took on snuffy that's what everyone who knows him calls him uh, but his his name is william garrett walden okay snuffy walden snuffy yeah walden. he's terrific he's a great guitarist and uh it's nice that you have kept him current here oh he's he's incredible and it's it's just been such a great experience to get to play live and and to learn from someone who is who is so so talented well, another really talented person that I know you're collaborating with is Robbie Robinson, who yes. has just been on this show. And uh, Robbie's terrific. He's got more Hammond organs than anybody else in the entire world. It's true. Uh, he could be an organ donor. <laughs> that's you know? right. <laughs> um, tell us how you met him and what some of the things you've been doing with him. Oh, the maestro, Robbie Robinson. We connected probably about 10 years ago. He does this big Christmas concert every year. And I got to go sing as a part of that. 
And we worked together at church and over the years I did some recording for him and he was always just someone that he's just, you know, he's the nicest, most easygoing guy and you would never know just talking to him that he is this tremendous maestro because he just carries himself, you know, like just, you know, any other normal person, but he has superpowers. <laughs> and uh, over over COVID, you know, we were all locked down and he and I started making a ton of videos. We probably, oh, we wrote so many different songs, maybe 20 different things, maybe more. And uh, we've done these different collaborations together and it's just been so rewarding and so much fun. One of the things that he featured in his song fest was a song that you were on. Actually, two of them. One was um, your your remake of Peppermint Twist, which was cool. awesome. Thank you, thank you. And the other one was Will to Win, which I loved. I thought that oh. was a great song. Thank you. That was so much fun to create. It was originally, well, he's probably talked about it already, but it was a it was a work of his. And then we worked on the lyrics together to kind of make it more of a vocal feature. It oh, was yeah. it was hard to come up with some lyrics for some of that because it moves very quickly. The notes, da 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 da. Yeah, and and the, and the time changes as well in the whole thing. It was very yeah. cool. I yeah. told him that it sounds very Broadway to me. He was very surprised. He said, "Oh, I didn't I I didn't know that." I said, "Well, that's just the way I took it." Okay, but yeah. I wasn't saying that in, in any negative sense. I said it just sounded it was a great oh, song. No. Thanks. Okay, let's move on to the third song. This is Monroe, which yes. uh, I take it is about Marilyn Monroe. That's right. That's right. Not President Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you wrote a song about President Monroe, that would be different. <laughs> that would be different. Yeah, maybe not quite as uh, romantic. Doesn't tug at the heartstrings in the same way. Exactly. face in the magazine don't expect a lot of applause when we go out i'll never thank the academy i travel with an entourage but oh you should know when you take my So tell us about that. Uh, again, one of these songs, I sat down with my guitar, my acoustic, without any preconceived notion of wanting to write a love song. That was the last thing I wanted to do. Uh, it was just never something I was terribly interested in writing at the time. And uh, these lyrics kind of started coming into my mind, the first couple of lines. And this melody came at around the same time with it. And I almost felt like a like a miner or like a paleontologist or something. There's this, you know, there's some mineral in the ground or there's a dead dinosaur, you know, dinosaur bones, and you've got your little tools and you're trying to kind of excavate the song and see what it's going to be. And yeah, Mon Monroe was born and it's, it's kind of a, a little, little love song about, you know, the average person, how we can, we can feel more like a movie star or something more special through the, through the power of love. I thought it was a lovely song, really. Thank you. Thank you. 
Okay, the last song in our song fest. I wanted to get another one of your covers in here because you do so many of them and you do them so well. And this one was so different. This is your Jackson 5 cover. Yes. I Want You Back. Yeah. One of the great pop songs of all time, right? I mean, who doesn't hear that song and just want to dance and smile? Tell us, how did that come about? I had always loved that song. I love that bass line, that, you know, that iconic. And I just wanted to to sing a version of it. I just loved the song. And the more I was listening to it, the more it just spoke to me as a really sad song. I mean, the lyrics are are pretty heartbreaking. Uh, We didn't really capture the sorrow of it, but... We definitely captured the fun of the music of it. Oh, the fun is uh, part. That's the whole just, thing. Yeah, we just got together and, and jammed on it. And I loved how Snuffy was able to translate the full band and how complex it is into a one acoustic guitar part. Yeah, and he did a great job. The only thing I was missing was the oop oop baby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we had to kind of uh, pare it down a bit, but but we can get the woo-woo baby. When you sing it live next time, throw in the woo-woo baby just for me. Okay, okay, just for you, the woo-woo baby. Okay, before we end this thing, I have to ask you, what's the deal with the whole Chinese singing? Yeah, I, I studied Chinese in school, and it was just something that I loved and was so fascinated with the culture and the language and started singing different songs in Chinese. American songs or Chinese songs? Chinese songs. Okay. Uh, my, my Chinese level isn't to the uh, level where I could actually, you know, translate and create beautiful rhyming songs, but I, I took Chinese songs that were well known and, and sang some of those. And it's just, it's one of my favorite things to do. Any of those on YouTube? Yeah, there's a couple. There's one called Ganlan Shu. There is the song Reflection, the uh, song from Mulan, which was actually translated into Chinese. Uh, I think those are the only two on YouTube right now. All right. That sounds great. I want to thank you, Sarah, for being on this show. You are an awesome artist. And uh, now we're going to listen again to the song that I was playing underneath the intro. And as I said, we do it at the end as well. This is my song called another one like you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. 
Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at robert at followyourdreampodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at projectgrandslam.com and at thepgsstore.com. So very-